This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome AMC Turn fans to another episode of the AMC Turn After Show. Tonight we are talking about season three, episode three, Benediction. We've got a lot of betrayal and spy stuff to talk about. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hey there, welcome back, Turn fans. We are back for another explosive episode. How are you all doing tonight? The episode title is a pun. You just made a pun. I am super happy right now. Uh, and I, I've never hated myself more than I do in this moment. And I think it started off with a bang. <laughs> well, fair enough. No regrets. <laughs> no mean, regrets. Keep, I'm feeling good. Today? I don't think you can hate yourself for a pun. I think that's something that you should pride yourself on. It is the lowest yeah. form of humor. Lowest form. It is humor. the best form of humor. I, dad jokes are around for a reason. <laughs> See now, we're seeing <laughs> eye to eye on yeah, this. See. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> well, let me go ahead and introduce my obstinate panel, Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. You can find me on Twitter at Kiaxet. That's K-I-A-X-E-T. I will be making puns all night long. Oh, no. <laughs> Save me. All and night Keith long. Black. Yeah, my name is Keith Black, and you can find me all over the internet at Keith W. Black. And I'm Megan. You guys can follow me on Twitter at The Manguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. We're also going to be keeping an eye on the hashtag ABTVTurn. So uh, if you guys want to participate in the conversation, We've got our eye on the live chat. We've got our eye on the hashtag. We are good to go. So, guys, this was a, like, all joking aside, this was a really intense episode, especially towards the end. And so we should probably, I'm wondering whether or not we should start with the real meat of this episode, which is the ambush, or if we should save that that till the very end. Because, yeah, that's that's what I really want to talk about. (laughs) We've already kind of segued into it with the eye jokes and the explosion jokes, and let's be real, that was the best part of the episode, was was that little knockdown drag out. Yeah, I I feel like AMC, uh, on their YouTube page, they put up the, the most talked about scene of what episode aired, like, that week, like, the day after or maybe a few days after and I feel like this confrontation between Rogers and Simcoe would be the most talked about scene of the episode for sure so all I just I'm so excited to talk about this what are you what are your guys's thoughts feelings general emotions about this confrontation well, it's all fun and games until uh, until someone <laughs> loses an eye. Yeah. I'm not asking your opinion anymore, Keith. You just <laughs> did. I, I the, have the speaking ball. <laughs> I think that Rogers look great with the patch. I'm really looking forward to seeing him with an eye patch. Oh I think my that gosh. all big, uh, you know, villains yes. need that. I mean, whether he is even considered a villain. That makes him Captain Rogers. That does he could become him a pirate. Rogers. Oh my god! Oh my god! See, his, his, the job employment opportunities are opening up in front of him. So, and if he's happy, he can be a Jolly Roger. <laughs> that one, all right, you got to go with that one. <laughs> all, <laughs> that right, all right, all right, I'll give that one to you. I, I, you I, just I, look so happy. You just look so happy. I'm having a great old time. I really enjoyed that dynamic between Simcoe Rogers as the old and new. Mm-hmm. You know, that, yes. that old and new facing off. And you can see just the brass nature of Simcoe, but then the experience of Rogers where, you know, he's so arrogant. Simcoe is so arrogant. He thinks, oh, I've got this guy. He's down. 
you know, you, you can't yeah. even see right. You're senile. Well, and not to mention that Rogers has history with literally every man that's there. He's calling them out by name yeah. and like telling each and every one of them that he would die for them. And which, I mean, to an extent, I'm like, well, that's probably some BS right there. But on the <laughs> other hand, he spent an entire season trying to hunt down Ben Talmadge yeah. for killing one, one of his guys. Men, yeah. Just one. So I do think that there's a certain level of sincerity there, whether or not they're willing to die for him now that he's not their commander <clears throat> anymore. Yeah. And now here's the question. Is it their fear of Simcoe or just the fact that Rogers just has no longer no longer has any authority over them that made them keep their pistols like aimed towards him. Yeah. What I do you think, guys think they fear Simcoe a lot more than they love Rogers at this point. Rogers, it's two different, two very different managerial styles because you have <laughs> yeah. Rogers going, we're one big happy horde of a family, and Simcoe quite literally beating them into shape. And so it's, I value each and every one of you, but we don't have a heck of a lot of discipline versus we have all the discipline and you are all pieces on a chessboard made to be sacrificed at any given time, shown when Simcoe uses one of them as a human shield for an impromptu grenade. <laughs> yeah, like, meat shields, go! <laughs> Look at how much I care about you. You can go first. I think I think that's the point where we're like, oh man, maybe I should have put my gun down with Rogers. Like, he just <laughs> used Joe over there as a human shield. Like That's not inspiring Poor as Jimmy. a subordinate. Yeah, like, he had a girlfriend back home. <laughs> yeah, Oh, Diane's going to be so depressed. Like, wow. <laughs> it's just that that environment, fear always breeds people to do a lot of stupid things. You know, people always go to a great extent out of fear. And I think that just that dynamic there is they've seen the way they met this man was by killing and scalping one yeah. of their comrades. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to do what he says because he's just going to turn around and do that to me if you're not yeah. listening. You know, for a moment, I thought because Ekin Bode wasn't there to kind because he is Simcoe's second in command, and he was the one that was kind of keeping them in line. And at one point at the end of last season, Simcoe's like, "I never should have left, let him leave." Like you guys are a bunch of rabble, rabble, rabble. Yeah. Um, so I thought, I thought for a moment that when Rogers was pleading with them, that because Ekin Bode wasn't there, that they would listen. Yeah. And it actually surprised me more that they didn't put down their guns. They might have listened if. Sim Simcoe hadn't been Johnny on the spot. Yeah. That's the That's thing, because true. his physical presence right there is like, I could listen to you and immediately die, <laughs> or I could do what my commanding officer says and potentially live through this. Yeah. I will take the 30% chance over the 0% chance. That's... That's very true. And and hedging their bets, they, I mean, one of the largest plot points for me out of that scene was Simcoe then going, "Oh, I I found Sam Culper." Like, yeah, that was a oh my god. And how god. just affirmative it, it is in his mind now. Like his route has completely shifted. Yeah, this is another, and Katie and I were talking about this a little earlier, but this is another example of Simcoe being too smart for his own good, because he's able to put together this connection, and he's not far off, but he has this, because he's so arrogant about his decisions and about the conclusions that he comes to, and we saw that at the dinner with John Andre, he thought, you know, he had this one guy pegged as a spy, stabs him in the throat, he's like, problem solved, and John Andre's like, you're an idiot, and you think you're the only person who's observant here? (laughs) And this is another example of it, he's made this stunning conclusion about this connection that this guy has to Culper, mistaking him for Culper, but like a fool assumes he has complete and total control of the situation or that he has all the pieces and also just immediately assumes that he is correct 
He's smart and he doesn't let go of anything. So if he latches onto something that's wrong, it's going to take forever to shake him of that suspicion. Yeah. And then he'll go up the line saying, oh, I found him. It's Robert Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> Everything works for <laughs> Abe. <laughs> People are either really smart or really stupid in his favor. It's plot armor. Well, he has to have it because yeah. he's not, a terrible spy. Not if Rogers gets caught, though. Rogers is smart enough to elude capture for a little bit, but yeah. if he gets caught, then the cat is out of the bag. And even if they're going like, oh, you're just trying to pass the blame off on somebody else, it's enough to have a spy say, maybe we should go look into those other people he say are spies too. Yeah. Well, not necessarily, because if he gets caught, oh yeah, sure, I'm Cooper, they'll drag him up to Andre. In yeah. chains, yeah. nonetheless. It's Robert freaking Rogers. If anyone could do it, it's so, him. That old Trojan horse bring me in, bring me to the camp under you know chain and shackle. That's fair enough. And, like, I mean, this is a man who flipped a table and in the dark took out, what, half, half a dozen? dozen yeah. Half least. a dozen soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> British officers who only had killing him in mind. So. Improvised grenade after he lost an eye. I mean, got away from people after he lost an eye. Like, he, he's kind of a giant badass. Yeah, he's spry, too. Like, oh, everybody, yeah. just everyone's just disappearing off into the woods as well. On like a regular <laughs> basis, the woods just, if anybody runs, they're like, well, he's gone. He's in the woods now. Like, <laughs> the pursuit, no, nobody pursues no anybody. Out. Like, like, oh, God. Like, you know, it's just it's Gone forever. Gone forever. It's so easy to get turned around. Actually, having been lost in the woods once, it is super easy to get (laughs) turned around. If I was pursuing Robert Rogers and he ran into the woods, I'd be like, well, gone forever. (laughs) Sorry. He knows how to hide. He knows how to track. Gone forever. Time to retreat. It's fine. (laughs) We'll get him next time. He taught me everything I know, but not everything he knows. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Now, because they were bested here by Robert Rogers, is there any and all chance that, like, the seeds of rebellion have now been planted in the Queen's Rangers, knowing that Robert Rogers is still alive and, like, and still kicking? Not as long as Simcoe's in power. That's true. But you never know. I, I feel like they'd be a lot happier without Simcoe. I mean, I agree. I just feel that the fear of them getting flogged if they even veer outside the lines is far stronger than any, you know, happiness desires. Or like, mm, scalped or scalped, murdered yeah. or just just all sorts of different. You never know with Simcoe and the man is creative. <laughs> so it's like unless we are 100 percent sure this is going to work and there is no 100 percent sure with that guy kicking around, let's uh we should just fall in line. It's safer. And I'd like to talk about the 100% sure thing because almost every plan that is hatched throughout and throughout the rest, <laughs> there's never a backup plan. It's always, this is what we're doing. Nothing can go wrong. It's Absolutely like, just, nothing and, can go wrong. And you guys, like, even just well, maybe like a what if. Like, I would just love to hear a what if scenario. Well, what, 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 what if we're late? Yeah, even right now? Hewlett back in camp is like, it's taken care of. Yeah, it's he's fine. so confident about it. <laughs> 
But I got yeah, this. I got this maybe, guy. Maybe it's because they know they don't have a backup plan, yeah. so they're like, this has to work. Let's not think anything else. Well, let's not <laughs> even consider anything else. There can be enough. no reality where this doesn't work because that is a reality where we end up dead. Um, it's almost like Simcoe hasn't screwed them over before. <laughs> oh, wait. Although, wait. speaking of, um, we have, you know, basically Caleb is the one spearheading this ambush yeah. and getting, well, first of all, I want to know, like, who picked the soldiers he he's with? Like, did he just round up some of his Correct. fellow mercenary yeah. guys? Because they did not look like Continental Army soldiers in any no. way, shape, or form. They literally look like just bums he grabbed off the street. <laughs> you realize that that's what a lot of Continental Army soldiers were. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, it was a ragtag team of misfits, right? Yeah, naturally they would be dressed down. A ragtag down volunteer for the, army in yeah. need of a shower. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and they probably would have dressed down for the occasion. You know, they'd obviously only recognize as a group of soldiers watch, marching into this house. But at the same time, you're like, the guy is being, you know, harassing the woman and that. Like, this is not why we're here. Like, like you know, dude, we've got priorities here. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, like, I'm bored. bored. Yeah, how are you bored? Like, you, you know what we're doing Something, right now? Like, what year was the cup and ball thing invented? Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like that would have helped. Did playing cards exist at this point in time? I feel like they might have. I don't no. know. Drops I legitimately don't. Yeah, no, seriously. Somebody, somebody Do you have a drops board? Somebody, somebody tweeted us uh, last week. I believe it was Caitlin uh, tweeted us last week that said the game uh, Townsend and Andre were, oh. were playing. It's drops. Yeah, apparently. Drops. Not, not, not stacking checkers. Drops. <laughs> it has a real name. <laughs> I like that you guys want to go play some drops. I like, would it's love it. It's kind of yeah. like checkers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Ish. they did a whole kinging thing. And it, <laughs> But I old timey checkers. I will say that again. It surprise. I I understand why he did it, but I was surprised to find that the person who saved Caleb um, from getting shot point blank was in fact Robert Rogers. I was yeah. really surprised by. I mean, I get it because he needs Abe to get to Andre, and Abe needs Caleb. But at the same time, I'm like Caleb is also super besties with. You know, with yeah. Talmadge, yeah. who you hate and want to kill the first chance you get. Your your revenge list is getting longer. <laughs> so it was just, it was very odd to me. I mean, I know it was really funny to watch Robert Rogers, like, watch and laugh at, at them try yeah. to formulate Popcorn their plan. Popcorn dog gif. But it, it, I didn't expect him to interfere. I was more expecting a, I'm going to sit back and watch and see how this unfolds. Yeah. I wasn't expecting him to take action in any way, shape, or form because it's dangerous to go up against the Queen's Rangers. Yeah. I can't say I'm surprised, though, because one, he's probably still fairly certain he knows the Queen's Rangers, which is, again, why he was appealing to them. I know you guys. Yeah. I would die for you. Like, you're my people. He still believes that. And for another, this ring that they have going is this very you know fine little spider web, and you can't really take out one of the central threads without half of it falling apart. And so even if he hates Talmadge, he needs this ring to stay intact so he can make it to Andre. So I, I feel like Andre is at the top of the revenge list and everyone else is like, eh, it's convenient. <laughs> it's like, I'll yeah. kill this guy first and then I'll focus my efforts on you. But for now, I need everyone involved in here alive for my plan to work. So yeah. he so has, to, yeah, he has to keep it intact for now. And if that means putting his life on the line to save Caleb, okay. But I'm seeing some bitterness and some resentment going to be coming towards Abraham soon about the whole eye situation, though. Mm. I lost this eye because of you. 
Yeah, I was. I stuck my neck out to save your friend, and now I've been blamed for being Culper. You're you're gonna get your act together. Yeah. <laughs> Explain yeah. to me how this is my fault. You involve <laughs> yourself in my life. <laughs> Explain to me how how this is my fault. See, I would take up that attitude with Rogers, except I know that he could kill me. So yeah. I would, he's not gonna I kill Abe. He needs him. Sir, I'm displeased in the relationship dynamic that we have here. <laughs> I feel like we should just express our feelings, and not all of your feelings, but some of our feelings. <laughs> I thought we had something here. I really thought we did. So I'm hurt. So to kind of, I want to buy a divorce. <laughs> Apparently, you no. can do that these days. Yay! Uh, but yeah, to kind of tie it back. Um, I I'm really interested to see how whether or not this shifts the Queen Rangers dynamic. I it's definitely going to affect things with Abe and Caleb because now Caleb will probably be privy to the fact that somebody was looking out for him and that their plan was compromised yeah. as as that and he's probably going to go looking towards Abe to figure out why, I mean, the guy saved me, why did he know we were there? Yeah. Hey, literally every leak we have comes from you, so uh, <laughs> get it together, Culper. Get it together. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about about this fight scene, about this confrontation in general? Just that it was glorious. Yeah. <laughs> it was a majestic battle. It was. It was and really sweet. And loves his bayonet. Man, he loves that <laughs> bayonet. Every opportunity. And he just schools everybody with it. it it's impressive. You know, if you're going to really talk it up like that and actually follow up, it, I'm, <laughs> I'm impressed. Well, I just feel like the axe was not a good choice of weapon because it didn't have very good reach. Like, sure. that's the long and short of that one. Axes are for firewood and throwing. You can't poke somebody with an axe. You can't poke them <laughs> like that. I mean, that's, that's what you have a halberd for. It's the axe on the long handle yeah. with a well, spike yeah. at the Not end. Not to mention that, that Rogers <laughs> has a much shorter reach than Simcoe. Simcoe's a tall guy. Yeah. yeah. So, like, he's got a really long arm reach with the bayonet on top of that. It's just it's just a bad time. <laughs> it's a poor choice of weapons, but it's all he had. But at the same, I really appreciate that Simcoe still, you know, under all the veneer of propriety and all that stuff, at the end of the day, he just likes fisticuffs with other yeah. people. He really just likes taking well, yeah, he's violent an animal. actions with his own hands. Yeah, it's it's interesting and really unsettling at the same time, but at the same, it's so fun to watch. Yeah, it's something he's good at. Yep, he, he just, he's an animal. <laughs> That's what he enjoys. He's absolutely so brutal and savage, and it's just like, yep, you you are not human. <laughs> I disagree we, with we've that. We've had this conversation. He, I, I'm sticking with this. He is not human. I think he's far too cunning to be just simply an animal. The man, he's highly intelligent. But he has no empathy. He has no soul. But he loves Does he? he, has, he has, does he really? But he has to have empathy to have saved anybody at any point. And he respects Akinbode, you know, yeah. assuming the guy hasn't deserted him, which he totally has. <laughs> he respected Akinbode. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so he does have some, again, it, you have to measure it by Simcoe standards. Yeah. He does have measures of empathy and respect for other people. It's just it manifests in very different ways. And when he's on a mission, everything else comes secondary to that. And again, when he thinks he's right, everything comes secondary yeah. to that. Um, okay, cool. So that was a really awesome 
huge portion of this episode and we could probably go on for the rest of the hour about it but let's let's move on a little bit um to going back to what's going on in Setauket at the time because while they're waiting for this ambush to go down um Hewlett and Anna have a dynamic because Anna tries to entreat to marry like hey you can talk Abe into sparing Hewlett's life there's absolutely no need for him to die. And she's like, I'm a hostage right now. Yeah. I'm not super sympathetic. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm>, yeah. <laughs> I haven't ever been away from my son, so I believe in it. I really like what she had to say, though. Like, I believe in Abe, and if you don't believe in him, in his cause, then maybe you should be the one to go. Yeah. How did she get to be the better spy out of all of them? <laughs> she doesn't even want to be here. She is the maybe best that's what it spy. Is. <laughs> Maybe it's not wanting to be a spy is what makes you such it's a great having, spy. Having yeah. to be a spy. <laughs> but yeah, you make an excellent point because initially Anna was the best spy and to an extent she still is a very, very good, capable spy and a great manipulator. But Mary is really the one who... Yeah, no, just she... No one holds a candle to her spying <laughs> ability. And Anna, because she's emotionally compromised now, is starting to slip. Like, her drive and her anger at the king and about the revolution, you know, that's all sort of slipping away as she begins to feel more and more guilty about Hewlett's personal feelings for her. Yeah. So she concocts this plan where she forges a letter from Sela demanding a divorce. And so her plan is to accept Hewlett's proposal and for the two of them to run away to Scotland together. And it's like, that would be lovely. <laughs> like, let's leave. Let's just leave. Let's just go look at the stars. Let's just go. And to her credit, it was a decent plan. Yeah. It really yeah. was. I, I, I mean, I really like her overall. I mean, her strategy throughout each season has been to manipulate men's egos and their drive to stick to tradition and honor. And, you know, by being a female, she's off in the distance. She's in the shadows. Nobody's really looking to her. And even when she's drawn in the light by the dad, she's like, all right, well, I'm in a situation people know. But she's still manipulating one, the most important person in the household, which is Hewlett. And so her decision is, okay, I'm going to make him, I'm going to play off what I know. He loves me, and this guy is basically the, the figurehead, the epitome of a red coat. I'm going to play to that. And he's like, well, no, I love you. There's nothing you could, yeah, like you are saying earlier, there's nothing you could do that would shame me. Like, this is fine. Uh, I, I'm staying here. And she's just adding fuel to the spire without even knowing. And she's like, what is going on? I'm, I've got these great plans, and every one of them is backfiring. And at the same time, making me like this guy more. Because of his devout love to me. It, it's, she's got to be in such a confusing and torn situation, and she's building it herself. Men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she... she I, I believe she loves him, uh, as she put it, enough to save his life. But I feel like most of her action is really born out of guilt because he's in love with her. Yeah. He's yeah. a decent man. She didn't take him for a decent man, and it, he turned out to be a decent man. And he has fallen head over heels in love with her, and she feels bad about that because she has a conscience. <laughs> and so she she's trying to do her best to save him, to save his life, to spare his life, because apparently the cause isn't worth the life of an innocent, I suppose, or at least this particular innocent. And that's where the line starts to get like, well, okay, does she love him? Is it just a guilt trip? What's going on here? Yeah. And I feel like it's a combination of the two. And everything she tries to do makes her feel more guilty. <laughs> <laughs> and 
like makes and I, I don't know if she's confusing guilt for love is what I'm saying. Yeah. Could I mean, be. I feel like there's a part of her that actually does oh, care no, about him. No, because absolutely. I don't think she would be going to these lengths if it was just but, guilt. But there's love and then there's in love. Yeah. And it, again, there's a difference between the passionate romance that she and Abe had and the more meaningful relationship that you build up over time, you know, responsible, actual, long-term adult relationships, that I sort of thing. I feel like that's more what she has yeah. here because they're definitely not doing the torrid, passionate thing. <laughs> like, no. that is not occurring. I think she loves him in the way that, for the man that he would be, Sam's war. You know, she loves him for the man that he is when he's not wearing the red coat, like who yeah. he is as a human being. You know, he's an astrologer. He loves that, like the intricacies of who he is as a person. And that combined with her guilt is tearing her apart. And like you said, she's adding more fuel to the fire, you know, repeatedly. And Abraham's over there going, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> stop it. She's <laughs> like, you stop it. Yeah, he, like, we, I, we have a mission. We have a mission. Oh, you're one to talk. Yeah. <laughs> everyone is terrible. <laughs> Almost everyone. We're pretty bad at this game. Like, it is. It, and that's what makes it really compelling to watch. It's just everybody is failing at everything they try. I feel like it's one of the I, I watch a, a lot of Let's Players and I feel like it's one of those ones where nobody read the instruction to the game but they're all playing and they're just consistently failing to the finish line and they fail so hard on top of each other that they manage to succeed in the end. Like I feel that's what I'm watching. You make it there because you're riding the dominoes that are falling over as you go. Well I mean how many spies were there prior to them? I feel like they have to fail to learn but unfortunately in this you know, occupation in this line of work, you fail yeah. you yeah. Yeah. yeah, so Except for A it's a huge well, learning curve. Did uh, did you guys read that there's uh, an interview with Bern Gorman uh, that uh, AMC.com put up online uh, talking about, the, the not this episode, but the one from the week before, about him finally kind of like taking the plunge yeah. and kissing Anna and proposing. And um, he basically in that interview, he said like he's hit that point in his life where, again, the ever-present threat of Simcoe has made him go... We could all die at any point. I need to stop and just like take the plunge. And that's sort of what he's getting here, too, because at the very end, initially, he wants to go to Scotland with her. He's like, okay, we'll, we'll yeah. run away together. It's, it's romantic. And but we're committing bigamy. It won't follow us across the ocean. All right. right. Yeah. Nice. Checks out. That sounds legit. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I, that's I read that's it totally somewhere. how law works. I live with a magister. Oh, wait. He doesn't like me right now. <laughs> sounds legit. He's a little pissed off at the moment. But And, and again, he's being very considerate. I and mean, he's like, why would I ask you to pick up and leave your home, even though that's what he's done yeah. for, you know, for his job, for a sense of duty to the crown? Um, but he would never ask her to leave her home for love, which is very sweet in and of, in and of itself um, but they he finally decides that Scotland is a no-go not because of that but because like Richard has this confrontation with him and he's like screw it yeah we are staying here like we he like wants to declare his love for her on the rooftops and he doesn't care and he, he wants to stay there to like make a statement and make a point just to be contrary. He's no. like, no, this isn't what I want. No, it's okay. No, it's not. It's okay. I love you, and that makes it fine. No, it makes it so much worse. Yeah, she's she is building that fire inside of him. She's making him want to be better than he was before. She's making him want to be that man Aww. that he thinks that she deserves. Which makes which him is a somebody hell of a strong, lot. powerful. Yeah, he can compete with so Simcoe. So much more difficult to manipulate. Yeah. 
Oh man, and it's again because he's so emboldened, like that. That's just gonna make it all the more painful when the truth comes out. Especially, I know we said it earlier, but the line "There's absolutely nothing you could do that would make me ashamed of you, except for being a traitor to the crown." I'm sure was the footnote there. She'll just have to bring it up in passing, like while she's cooking. So, oh, but, the children are fine. By the way, I was a spy like ten years ago. <laughs> Weird, uh, what? Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, did I not tell you that? That's did, weird. Did you the pick war up? Been did you over. pick up the groceries? Yeah, yeah. See, that's it. <laughs> Don't forget, we're meeting your your mother-in-law <laughs> later. It's fine. Yeah, it was good. It was gravy. <sighs> yeah, that's uh, how you put in something like that. <laughs> Dinner's gonna be ready in ten. I was a spy in the Revolutionary <laughs> War, and Peggy took her first steps today. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Peggy took her first steps. No, no, no. Before that. <laughs> Dinner's ready at 10. After that. Uh. <laughs> I believe that's how the scene is going to yeah. go down. Wow, we I know we should have saved without it for Peggy and dinner. Spoiler alert, everybody. That's how that scene is going to be played. Without should Peggy be. and dinner. <laughs> anyway, um... That that kind of wraps it up for those two. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to touch on when it comes to their relationship before we uh, before we take a quick moment to talk about iTunes? They're just idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I love them, but they're just idiots. So uh, it's it's just I need popcorn and a tissue <laughs> because this is going to end in tears. But I can't stop watching. Oh, I like I like Hewlett now. I think that he's a competent rival for you know they've had it way too easy up until now. Yeah. I mean he did fall for just a letter. I mean, everything back then, you write a letter and everyone's like, oh, wow, okay. Sounds legit. Yeah, it's a letter. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. It's more the signature than anything else. <laughs> Which she can forge, apparently, spectacularly. Yeah, really? I mean, if he's never seen Seela's handwriting. Yeah. See, exactly. <laughs> not, See, if you've never not. seen a letter, that's all that it is. It's just like, you just write it down. I feel like Sela is Sir No Longer appearing in this series. <laughs> just like, Wouldn't it be bye. hilarious, though, if he came back and he's like, I'm back for you, and Hewlett's like, wait, didn't you want a divorce? <laughs> what? No. No. <laughs> There's a great way how she finds out if they're if she's aspired just like that he shows back up oh yeah it, by he, the way i want a divorce did the letter not go through <laughs> but yeah. I, this is simultaneously my favorite and most painful thing watching this show it's the part of the episode where i'm like yes this is gonna be great man it makes me sad <laughs> yes <laughs> no <laughs> literally in that order um okay guys uh really quickly i want to take a quick break to talk to you guys about itunes folks thank you so much to everybody who's gone to itunes to rate and leave a comment you guys are so so sweet it, it really is the best way to let our producers know that you like the show that we are putting on for you guys. And for some reason, people at AMC pay attention to this sort of thing. So when you write and leave a comment, let us know what you think of the show. It helps us get guests. It help, helps us get recognized by AMC. It helps us get tweets out there. Guys, so it really does mean the world to us. So we have a couple. We we have a couple. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to do which ones did we read last week? Uh, the ones that were about you, I believe. <laughs> uh, which, what day was that? <laughs> Today's the 10th. What was that, the 3rd? The 2nd or 3rd, yeah. Uh, okay, I think it was the 3rd. Something. Um, so we've got Love the Show by S-X-O-U-T-E-T. A huge fan of Turn since the first episode and just discovered this after show. I love it. And then Turn After Buzz, and this is a real long one. Hold on. 
Yeah, this is a long one. Your podcast is talking dead for turn for me. I love the oh, show. Wow. I also totally relate to Megan with being able to talk about John Andre all day long. I adore JJ Field. <laughs> I would so love it if you guys got him on the show, either calling in or, or in the studio. Megan would probably go all fangirl on him. I'd be leading that episode. <laughs> You'd be incoherent. I do need your show to work through my emotions after watching Turn. Keep up the awesome work. Aww. Aww. Well, that was lengthy and beautiful. Yeah, no, that was that was wonderful and that and it just it makes our day to hear from you guys so please go to itunes rate leave a comment or if um we know we have an international audience for a lot of shows so if you guys are our fans who happen to be abroad feel free to take a screen cap of your itunes comment and tweet it to us because we yeah. love seeing that as yeah. well um, otherwise it's like i left you a review which one was it oh it's in the australia itunes store <laughs> I wish I'd known that. <laughs> <laughs> we can't we can't see those guys. So like if you guys tweet them at us, it will make our day. Yes. Um but yeah, JJ Field. I would be incoherent. <laughs> I would have to I would have to abstain uh, and just not be a part of the conversation. <laughs> I, I would be leading the show that week because you would just be here like Hamana Hamana Hamana. Yes. Hi. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. John Andre's not in this episode. <laughs> but that is a great way to sort of segue into what we do have in this episode, and that's more on the Benedict Arnold Peggy storyline. Uh, because, again, her plan sort of backfired in her face. Uh, seems to happen a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it backfired and then it fired? Yeah, it backfired and then it came back around like a boomerang and worked. Uh, that's like. Unless she has perfected the long con. <laughs> no, she's still getting married to con. him, sadly enough. Oh, and no facial reaction, too. I would be so excited. I don't know why if I found that. What happened? It's like, oh, you know, they, they revoked what the, my, my pardon. Come again? Like, <laughs> like, what? Like, oh, what? Like, I gotta go out in the yard real quick. Like, there's no way I'd be able to keep it together. <laughs> yeah, no, kudos to her. She's got an excellent poker face. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess when you're a member of high society in Philadelphia... Anywhere. Yeah. yeah. During this time period. I guess you have to be a lot of stage performance. <laughs> yeah. A lot a lot of a lot of acting going on. Um so yeah, he has been given the clear, his court martial, um, you know, all the charges were dropped, he is free and clear. And this entire this entire storyline is him just pulling string after string, calling in favor after favor to meet the conditions of their of their engagement as soon as possible so they can get married as soon as possible. And you can just see every step of the way how much that frustrates her <laughs> and kind of infuriates her. It's on the one hand, it's really impressive as to what Benedict Arnold can accomplish when he's determined. On the other hand, it's also it's kind, kind of, of terrifying what Benedict Arnold <laughs> can accomplish when he's determined. <laughs> yep. The thought of getting married fills you with determination. <laughs> determination. Woo. Um, anyway, but yeah, it's this was a Again, it's it's one of those things where it's really compelling and you laugh because you feel bad for her at yeah. the same time. Um, so, yeah, just what are your thoughts on the way this is progressing? Because it was moving along and then it didn't necessarily turn out the way I thought it would. When Because I thought at the very beginning of the episode, like I was like, wow, that got wrapped up real quick. Yeah. How long until it you know backfires? I wasn't expecting same episode. I was expecting this to come several episodes later, and then by the time we get to the end here, we're already talking about becoming a traitor. Yeah. I was expecting a much slower burn on that. I was expecting end of season talk. But 
Benedict Arnold doesn't do slow burn in this show. He's very loud. He's yeah. very bombastic. He has a temper. He has a short fuse. He has not a heck of a lot of self-control when it comes to his own ego. He's, like I said, he's cut from the same cloth as Gaston. He did and interrupt she, that guy's proposal. Yeah. That was kind of rude. Yeah, <laughs> he has no self-control. I'd be terrified to be married to a man like that because what happens the second he gets angry at you? I would be absolutely terrified for my own safety. But, you know, I'm a modern woman and I can leave. So (laughs) I am not at all surprised that she saw the opportunity and took it. Like, this is it. This is perfect. He's so angry he can't see straight. He wants revenge on these people. Boom. Done. By the way, I heard about this and I've got this friend and he was talking about this. And (laughs) And I I was just trying to be polite. (laughs) (laughs) She, yeah, it's like the the, the whole drug that I know a guy who knows a guy. You're like... (laughs) <laughs> Super quick when everything goes wrong. You're like, what do you need? What do you need? <laughs> it's the Ant Man tip off. You've yeah. got three people who know three other people, and yeah. it just comes on down the line. He actually yeah. lived in this house. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, so I met him at this high society party, and he just bored me to tears. But he had this to say, and you know, I had to listen. But he said this, and then this. So if you're interested, I can pass your name along and see if the offer's still open. And you know, maybe because we can uh, maybe we can have a little revenge against the people who wronged you so badly on the night of a party when we're supposed to be planning our wedding. If your friends don't appreciate you, perhaps his will. Yeah, yeah the writing of the show is so good. Right in the ego. <laughs> It's perfect. I don't know. Absolutely perfect. What do you think? Do you, were you expecting it to kind of come around so soon? I didn't or? think that within the same episode. No, usually that's a plot line that, I mean, everybody knows who Benedict Arnold is. So yeah. yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah, then getting straight <laughs> to it, I, I was shocked. I was like, oh, I was excited. <laughs> At the same time, I'm like, ooh, cool. I'm going to get to see his yeah. slow drip into normal Normal character descent, especially for, for shows on AMC, it's usually a slower yeah. descent into villainy or a rictatorship or whatever you want to call yeah. it, depending <laughs> on the show. Um, but yeah, here, I was... I, no, no, that was HBO. That was HBO. <laughs> You're thinking of a completely different thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it is... So when you, when you have kind of slow-moving pieces, and a lot of other things in the show are a slow burn, so to have this kind of pop up towards the end of the episode, I was like, whoa, that escalated quickly. Well, think of George Washington's antagonist. Who, do he, who does he have now? Because he's pretty much figured out his the entire issues that he was dealing with in camp were, okay, well, I've got these generals that are corrupt. He knows about it. That's been resolved now. It got to the point they won the battle. Everyone knows who is who who is. Everyone, you know, it's out on the table. So now that you have to integrate in somebody else that's going to be a foe for George Washington, Benedict Arnold's a perfect one to have. I mean, that's what true. greater foe? Well, and the second the letter showed up, it's like, it's a letter. Oh, it'll wait. Uh, General Washington wants you to read it now. It's like, oh, here we go. (laughs) Strap in, everyone. This is going to be ugly. Yeah. And lo and behold. (laughs) And and Arnold feels betrayed because he's like, Washington says he has his reasons. And basically, the long and short of it is Reed has convinced them, like, that Philadelphia will secede if this court-martial doesn't go through. Now, I'm wondering how much of that is just Reed himself or is there a possibility that Peggy was actually involved in that? I mean, we don't see her going back to the house or we don't see her providing information that would have been compromised. Like, was this just a happy accident for her or was she more active in, like, 
the instrumentation of, oh, no, this coming back to bite him. I am willing to believe the latter because she really does not want to marry him. So for her, it's finding that nice little balance of, I have to keep the charade up. I have to make this plan work, but... Actively trying to manipulate manipulate everybody from the shadows and, yeah. And they're not going to get married as long as he's under court martial. How shameful is that? <laughs> That's true. I mean, I like the I like the dynamic where it is a pleasant surprise for her. That's we didn't, true. She needs that sense of relief, whereas everything else she's been doing on her own, she's behind enemy lines, so to speak, trying to operate. I mean, she's more in the thick of it than any other spy well, in the and show. None of the people, well, very few of I was going to say not none of the people, but very few of the people in the show are professional spies. Yeah. So the people who were kind of brought in through various means usually love, you know, people who are brought in for love of somebody else. Ha- like they do have to count on happy accidents yeah. to allow them the opportunity for this. I mean, Townsend was brought in for love for his father. Abe was brought in because he loved Anna. Uh, you know, so a lot of people, and she was brought in for her love for Andre. So love seems to be the, <laughs> the thing that ties all of these spies together, at least amateur spies together. Yeah. I don't know. All right. So uh, any other thoughts on uh, Benedict and Peggy? We'll have to see how next episode goes down. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued to see how he reacts because he never gave a response. No. Right? He just kind of looked at her dumbfounded. Yeah, just and like... And enraged all at the same time. And, and yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like, is this going to be like a, he talks big, but like he could never actually, he could <laughs> never actually act upon words of treason, yeah. which we know he eventually will, but... Spoilers! <laughs> but that's, I mean, in that big blustering sort of way. Drama. It's that big blustering sort of way, like, oh yeah, if my boss was here, I'd tell him this, and then your boss walks in, hey, buddy! Yeah, how's the you know, like, Hi! How you are know? you doing? How were the <laughs> you know, that sort of thing where it's like you talk a big game. Um, and I'm wondering if he talks a big game and it's only going to be more prodding from her and more propelling from her that really makes him go, yeah, I am entitled yeah. to all these things. I should become a traitor. <laughs> I'm sure those won't be his exact words. I think it's a fine line, though. I think he'll be easily tipped. Yeah, that's yeah. true. He's and already there. He's already at a very delicate place. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what finally pushes him over the edge. Because I don't think it's going to be quite right away either. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about, speaking of Washington and Washington's camp, let's talk about uh, Ben in this episode. Because he has a mission, and that is to take I'm out... I'm going to go on a mission from God. A <laughs> <laughs> mission from God. I'm going to go murder a man. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, but first, let me change my clothes. <laughs> Which, by the way, he uh, I almost didn't recognize him, actually. I've gotten so accustomed to seeing the blue uniform mm-hmm. that when he dressed down in civilian clothing, I was like, well, is that the same guy? <laughs> That's the point. And it blends in better in trees. Yeah, no, it's it like, does. It's like this nice little conversation with the man of God, and then it's like, bye. I, I, but at the same time, like, he's clearly a spy, and he's clearly working for the enemy. But at the same time, I kind of felt for him. A bit because he's like I had to like I had to be with these soldiers who and give them comfort in their dying moments. He just won. He like the reason he became a spy was because he just wanted this war to end yeah. to stop like the suffering and death. And 
I mean, I feel like that is admirable in its own way, but it just happens to run contrary to what our heroes want to accomplish. To the side that we're on as an audience. But I, I... I mean, not gonna lie, when this guy got shot and killed, I felt bad for him. I don't know, does that he's make an, me... He's a traitor. I'm just, I'm kind <laughs> of, am I the only one that yeah, had any empathy for this guy? Put him in the lake. He's a traitor. I'm intrigued that Ben kept the cross, though, just as proof that, yeah, I did the thing. Yeah, like, like let's bring some evidence back with me. that. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. He put it in his pocket. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. I think, well, again, we, I think what he was trying to do was sort of make it look like a robbery. Maybe, and if it was a silver cross, that would have been Point. something a highway robber would have stolen. And even before the Reverend leaves, he's like, oh, yeah, no, there are uh, Tory robbers all up and down this road yeah. looking for isolated people. So I think, and Washington wanted to, him to make it look like an accident. So yeah. I feel like that's what he was going for. <laughs> And I, I, I got an accident and went off right in his chest. So like, that's well, not, to make it look accident. like they are not directly responsible. Yeah, I didn't mean to shoot him in the chest. It just sort I was of aiming for the head. <laughs> I was cleaning it and it just went off. Just, oh, it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> I was actually aiming for that tree over there. The sights on these things yeah, are just you're, awful. You're trying to practice with your musket. You would not believe how bad point blank is for a flintlock pistol. <laughs> I mean... And we, we it was point blank <laughs> from me to you. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> that actually would have been really funny if he. And, and so, so we call that plot armor. Scene. Yeah, they, I mean, they shot it in the in the manner that you knew. Like the second he kills him, I'm like, that's too easy. Yeah, something's askew. Yeah, it happened way too early on. Yeah. And you're like, this can't not end well. Yeah, um, and sure enough. Hi there, I was supposed to meet him, now I'm going to kill you. I hate this guy. <laughs> Gamble comes back because he happened to be the Reverend's contact, and he captures Ben. And I'll be honest, at first I didn't recognize him, and I, I think that's because my eyes are going. I think I'm <laughs> starting to need glasses. But the second he was identified as Gamble, I was like, oh, that guy. Yeah. Because I don't know about you two. I don't know what your guys' reaction was last season when they killed Sackett. I was not a happy camper. <laughs> stone cold silence on for, that. For those of you guys listening <laughs> on iTunes, uh, Katie made a face. So Her switch face it over to you two. Pure disapproval. Pure disgust. <laughs> I don't know. So uh, what did you guys think with bringing back this character in particular? <laughs> I think it's I think it's an interesting twist. I mean, he's already screwed up once supposedly. So you're in that situation where he's on thin ice and immediately gets away. Ben immediately gets away. And so you're like, "Okay, well, I, I'm now, you know, I think he's a pawn that's going to be used now that he's got some leverage. It's easy to kill him now. He's made two mistakes, especially yeah. if Ben gets away." Yeah. Yeah. I loved how Ben got away, like, oh, I'm still on his horse. <laughs> we are getting out yeah. of here. Just going to roll with it. He didn't even didn't try tie like his a horse just... up. No. Seriously, what an idiot. <laughs> how, it's like, how did this guy manage to fool them all <laughs> last season? He's not a forward thinker. Um, <laughs> clearly. No, he had his horse pointed towards the wave direction. He's like, it's, uh, all right, reposition my horse. Good, it's aimed to get away. And I'm not going to tie yeah. it up. Yeah, just in case, i got to go. It is set yeah. up in the escape position. Yeah. So it's great. It's he's, great. It's good to he, go. He's kind of like uh, Simcoe. He's too much of a forward thinker. He's too many steps ahead of himself. That he forgets. Oh, you're awake. That's great. Yep, sure is. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Goodbye. Shoot. And now he's in the woods, gone forever. 
shot. A little bit shot. That was also something that kind of took me aback. Because, it, again, it's too easy for him to just get away unscathed. Yeah. So the fact that he's been shot, it's like, okay, well, he's going to have to get somewhere quick. And I didn't realize that the shot had actually hit him until we got him staggering and holding his bleeding yeah. side. I was like, oh, Right. You need to get that fixed, Ben. Yeah, which means it probably it had to enter straight in to the side of his body, which not is not necessarily. Gotta be it could have winged him, or it could have gone straight through. If he's back laying to front. on the thing, you think if he's because he's bouncing sideways, he's laying across the horse. This there way. are any physicists <laughs> yeah. out here who could give us the bullet logistics? Yeah, we need to get CSI up on, <laughs> in on this <laughs> of a TV show. Yep. <laughs> point being, the bullet logistics fall to narrative convenience. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, point being, he's been shot, so he's gonna have to get somewhere if he's not gonna die. And I feel like it's still too early for any of our main main characters to die. Yeah. I feel like it's hold up in someone's farmhouse and be like, hi. Hey. (laughs) AMC like does like to twist it. Help me. (laughs) You do. Um, so I feel like that basically wraps it up for for this week's episode. Do you guys have any other final thoughts before we move on to predictions? Mm-hmm. Not no. really. I mean, I, I I enjoyed this quite a bit. Yeah, I think Anna is faltering from her leader position as top spy. Yep, so she think, hasn't been up there for a dropped. while. No, I feel like emotionally compromised. So uh, top spy goes to Mary. Yeah, I feel yeah. like yeah. Mary gets top spy. Holy cow, she was the dark horse <laughs> candidate for this award, but wow, <laughs> coming in from behind. Mary for the win. <laughs> and she's so arrogant about it. Just spy better or leave. Like, it's pretty much oh just down her. It's not, what, like it's hard? Yeah. <laughs> just do better. <laughs> do better. <laughs> All right, guys, let's go ahead and move on into predictions. And now, you're after us. <laughs> Jazz hands, light show. <laughs> so we have we have Robert Rogers who's lost an eye and is making his retreat. We have Ben who's been shot and injured. He's also on the run. I'm gonna assume that Gamble is pursuing him. That Gamble doesn't give up as easy <laughs> as other people. <laughs> Everyone do. else. Um, he has a name, therefore he has to actually well, do yeah. things. He killed. Uh, he killed a character like a. A named character who was important. He killed this guy. He's gonna have his come up. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There, there needs to be retribution there. Um. So it looked like from the preview of next week's episode that Ben actually does run into somebody. Uh. What looks like a lady who may or may not be able to help him. And it looks like we also get a return to John Andre and Philomena, which... uh, 18th century ghosting. (laughs) (sighs) He still... It looks like he still wants to use her in his plot, and she doesn't really seem too thrilled about that. Because, again, ghosting. Ghosting. I was going to say, we are friends without benefits, and we might not even be friends anymore. What is this? (laughs) He's like, you know what this is. He just he just gets these women spies, and then he puts them in relationships with people they really don't want to be in relationships in. And he's like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. We're good, we're good. No, we're not good. <laughs> we should talk about this. We're good, and also I found someone else, and we're still good. You treat literally every friend who happens to be a woman this way? I think, it's, I think he does, yeah. yeah. I, think he, I, think he really I feel like the only one <laughs> he Talented doesn't gonna... is Abigail. I was going to say, she's, I, I she's a working mom. Yeah. I feel like the only reason he doesn't is because she's a working she's mom. She's a mom. He's like, I'm not into that. It's just like, no, well, no, no. And let's be real, all of the high-ranking people he's trying to get an in with are white. Yeah, that's We right. are way before interracial relationships here. 
Anyway, um, any other final thoughts on this episode or predictions for next week? Or maybe even uh, wish list stuff. Like, what would you like to see? I see some lashing out coming from uh, Richard. I see some some brash lashing yeah. out. I think he's been compromising his own home. And that's I, not something to let go lightly. I cannot wait for the fallout for Simcoe coming back. Yeah. Just like, yeah. right, that was a plan that didn't work. And just, you sent me into an ambush. It was an ambush? <laughs> oh my uh, god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's so weird. Sorry Crazy. it didn't work. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. I feel like Richard and Hewlett's friendship is in the garbage. Uh, and I, I also, I still feel like there's going to be some... Some dissent in the Queen Rangers. I feel like Robert Rogers still being alive and running around and wanting to get revenge on certain figures. I feel like eventually that might come back. Yeah. We have uh, We the People Are Too Big to Fail, who was <laughs> definitely creative in putting their name in mm-hmm. on YouTube, said the Rangers may turn on Simcoe since he used one of them as a human shield. And then 240L Demon, who seems to have an incredible grasp of history, mm-hmm. says, If I recall correctly, Simcoe remained in command of the Queen's Rangers for the rest of the war. Ooh. Well, great. He's just going to stick around forever. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Don't worry. We pirate. were literally trying to kill him from day one. That just means that Robert Rogers gets to be a pirate and gets to have a pirate crew. Be the Jolly Roger. <laughs> and when you're getting cast, I think for Samuel, that's that's definitely what we want to see. Your character lives throughout the whole war. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. That's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> like, that's so sweet. <laughs> I get to be a jerk forever. Yeah, that is exactly what yes. you want your agent to tell you. <laughs> so, huzzah on the cast. Casting, yeah, congratulations. Well mm. I really hate your character, but your acting is glorious. <laughs> it's so good. All right. It's always nice to have that line. <laughs> You're a good human being, but I really want to strangle your character, which means you're a great actor. <laughs> anyway, guys, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. Keith, where can people go if they want to find you? You can find me all over the internet at Keith W. Black. I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at Kiaxet. That's K-I-A-X-E-T. I'm also on Snapchat at Kia Prime. Uh, the Transformers Robots in Disguise season finale is this Sunday. Blind Spot's wrapping up within the next couple of weeks. Tune in an hour or so, and we will be on. And yes, Arrow! Arrow is back! <laughs> and I'm Megan. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the TheMengwin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I'm also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz, and I write articles for the movie Chick. That's Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out. Next week, guys, we are actually going to be taping on Monday due to travel schedules. Uh, so we're going to be taping late at night on Monday at 11. We may have a guest. Mm-hmm. I don't like counting my chickens before they hatch, but we may ha- in fact have a guest joining us. So be sure to tune in live for that <laughs> and all that fun stuff. Um, but yes, thank you all to everybody in the live chat. Thank you to everybody in the hashtag for tuning in. We will see you all next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 